and welcome to On Air Bender, a podcast about the hit series Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Max. <laughs> and I'm Dale. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome. This is episode five of On Air Bender, uh, in which we will be discussing the sixth episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> and you may be asking yourself, if you happen to be new or it's been long enough you forgot, why exactly do they call it? On air bender. Well, because it's on a podcast, which is like being on the air. Uh, yeah. Essentially, it's like radio broadcasting. And also, I'm on a bit of a bender. <laughs> yeah. This is um, Stone IPA, one of my favorites. Delicious, even. I've got. Uh a good year. This is uh, General Tapwater. Oh, he was in the army. <laughs> um, so, Dale, how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good, Max. Yeah. How have you been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I recently had a birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I turned 1,000 and, okay. uh, and can relate to things that my coworkers <laughs> just haven't even heard of. <laughs> I make a reference to Cheers, even as a joke of it being old. They don't know what I'm talking about. There's even a guy who I said, Sam and Diane, and he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. So I said, I guess the modern equivalent would be Ross and Rachel. Still did not know what I was talking about. So I've been living... No longer the modern equivalent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't give him whatever the meme equivalent was. I don't know the memes. I get made fun of for not knowing memes now. <laughs> Jockey the jokester and his girlfriend. <laughs> Fuck. I, I believe you. That that's... On YouTube. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, did you know that the Wii menu music is a meme? I did not know that. The Nintendo Wii, it has that like really lovely menu music that reminds me of like um something honestly it reminds me of something from like Sim City for the Super Nintendo. But no oh, one yeah. will or Mario Paint or something. And no, no <laughs> one will relate to that. Uh but uh yeah, apparently a lot of memes use it. So there's uh, uh somewhere out there a YouTube video of a 3D printer that's been given the uh, G-code required to mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. move its motors, its little stepper motors, to play the Wii menu music uh, <laughs> the way hard drives used to in 2004 mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> it's all SSDs and M2, M.2s now. Yeah, exactly. What do you get out of my face with your uh, retro uh, Mac Plus <laughs> hard drives? That's too retro. Lame now. <laughs> so the discs spin? <laughs> Why? Is that... Why would they do that? Exactly. Why are they spinning? Well, there's nothing solid about that state. <laughs> it's true. You're right. Um, uh, airbender. Airbender. In this episode... <laughs> what are we... What's the Ooh. name of this? Off to a good start here. In this episode of... We're imprisoned <laughs> uh, on by our memes. We will be discussing <laughs> episode six, Imprisoned. Uh, originally aired on March 25th, 2005. Ages back at the hard drives again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Folks would uh, hit pause on their YouTube video of hard drives singing the Rocky theme, whatever the fuck, and... Uh, <laughs> Say, oh, the new episode of Avatar is on because there wasn't even a movie called that yet. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, what movie? There was... Uh, this episode was written by uh, Matthew Hubbard and directed by Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni directed the pilot episodes. Uh, so we're seeing that again. And I don't know. I noticed... We've, we've, we're about to get into the, the, the plot and discuss that. But I actually did notice that this episode being a little bit uh, more... I don't know, traditionally cinematic, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. A little bit um, Definitely a, a, a contrapost or juxtaposition from the previous episode yes. of Crazy yes. Madness. Right, and there's a, there's a specific moment that I really want to mention when, when we get into it that, uh, that, that, that pinpoints exactly <laughs> that contrast, that contrapasto. Um, Matthew Hubbard, the writer... Uh, I did not realize this, but he went on to write for 30 Rock and Parks and Recreation, which are silly shows. (laughs) Um, And you don't, as we talked about, this isn't the wackiest. He did the more uh, cinematic episodes of of those series as well. That's got to be it. Exactly. (laughs) Right. If there's a lot of slow-mo in an episode of 30 Rock, don't even bother looking. It says Matt Hubbard right then and there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, should we jump into the the recap, Dale? Sure, sure. Uh, We begin this fine episode uh, where the Ang gang is all gathered in a lovely forest spot. Uh, they're in like a little like nook area that's that's created by like a uh, a fallen over giant tree. So there's like the big like hearth of of roots. I thought that was a really cool like little uh, uh, location. And, and the forest looked very like watercolory too, and very sepia tone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That this episode is watercolory more so than we've been seeing. Um. And uh, we don't see Soka because he shows up a minute later, uh, having gathered uh, food for them. And he pours out a bag, and they they oh we're really excited to get some food from you, Soka. Um, but he reveals that he just has a variety of nuts <laughs> for them to eat. And these nuts, yeah. <laughs> that's correct. He's like, do you see these nuts? And. Uh, <laughs> They uh, proceed to kind of just be like, this is all we have to eat, I guess. Um, Momo then... Um, oh, there's there's a, actually a moment first where I want to mention that I thought was funny. Because he goes, I've got round nuts. i got these oval <laughs> nuts. I've got this rock, that, or this, this nut that looks like a rock. It might actually just be a rock. And I totally had a... Uh, this week in Max is Reminded of the Simpsons, when, uh, <laughs> in the Lemon Tree episode in season six, when they're desperately looking for signs of their stolen lemon tree, and Bart goes, I'm never going to find it. I'm just going to sit down next to this yellow lemon-shaped rock. <laughs> and then he goes, wait a minute, there's a lemon behind that rock. <laughs> and it pans over, and sure enough, it was a yellow lemon-shaped rock. But there was a lemon behind that rock. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. Uh, so that reminded me of that. <clears throat> but then there's a, uh, there's a moment where Momo is trying to crack open a nut. And it pretty much just does the um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade <laughs> bit, <laughs> where he goes to smack the rock or the rock with a nut, and right when he does, there's this loud boom. 
And he's like, what the fuck? And he goes and does it again, and sure enough, boom. And so he's just like, oh, my God, what is up with my ability to crack nuts when it's revealed that, no, no, there's another sound of the booming. Um, and it's exactly like when uh, Indiana Jones tries to smash the floor in and the librarian it's right when he's stamping the books <laughs> so oh he, yeah, yeah yeah he looks at the bottom <laughs> of his stamp like <laughs> um i it's also uh, last crusade yeah yeah exactly yeah i wrote indie three so that's my little <laughs> shorthand uh i also thought it was interesting that we're seeing i don't know maybe you can remember this better than ideal i i did not remember before this point them specifically mentioning that they're out of food or that it's a struggle to find food yeah i didn't remember that either so i thought that was an interesting i think that was kind of established with um soka just coming back with nuts right right but it's like it's like we haven't seen like like i like that they that they've kind of fallen into this um, rhythm in the episodes where we establish them kind of like breaking camp or just mm-hmm. kind of chilling out when sort of the adventure happens to them in a way. And what they're often doing suggests what has happened, what what their life is like between the episodes, you know? Yeah, the, the regular everyday stuff that they have to go through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And so uh, uh, Soka having to uh, forage and the results being really you know arguably inedible <laughs> um, will um, you know it sort of sends this idea that like it's not glamorous their their trip you know mm-hmm. it's a struggle um, and that'll and that'll come back I think as as we go on so they find the source of the booming and it is a young man played by uh, Dale Avocano when he was in his twenties, <laughs> and uh, he's he's uh, earth bending. He's smashing rocks into uh, the edge of like a gully or something. And they and they go, ooh, they all hide and they go, ooh, should we should we see him or I don't know. This seems a little dangerous. And before we know it, the the, the friendliness to Soka's like stupidity <laughs> is is uh, Katara, right? Like <laughs> Katara is to friendliness the way Soka is to like buffoonishness. <laughs> because before we don't even animate it, before we know anything, it pans out and she is already going, "Hi there, what's up, man?" And uh, <laughs> it's sort of a form of buffoonishness that we don't often see with her. So that was really mm-hmm. cool to see. Um, I really like it when she's not just the dour, serious one. I really like it yeah, when yeah. she plays the, the the silly one as well. Uh, like like last week with the uh, <laughs> Soka guessing that the king's name was Rocky and Katara being like, you know, that's a real possibility. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's instantly great that she's just like, my brother's an idiot, but I got nothing better. <laughs> I got nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> and so similarly, she's just like, I got to say hi. I can't stop myself. That's, that's me. Uh, but, but he does not respond. He does not answer the question. He, he runs off. Closing the way behind him with his earth-bending power. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he pulls rocks from, like, out of the earth itself and creates a big wall. So, like, that creepy guy down the street, 
They follow him. <laughs> they follow him. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. He got unwanted attention from strangers, <laughs> and they would not give up. Uh, uh, but I thought it was kind of funny. It seemed to me a big leap. And goes, well, there might be a, a village where he's going. And if there's a village, there's food, and we're hungry. And then it cuts to already a village and they're already shopping <laughs> like, it's just like there's no like discovery moment as they leave the woods or anything it's just like i think that part got cut out <laughs> yeah yeah they storyboarded it found it useless and removed it um and i'm not sure like has it been established how much money they have because ang at this point is trading uh, nuts for a hat. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you didn't even have enough money for food. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, Aang seems to be, and we see this a little bit later into the idea of just uh, wing it and hope you know improvise and hopefully mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. it'll all work out. And so he probably assumes that they'll come up with a plan at the last second and that'll somehow <laughs> create food for them. Um, because he's a freaking av- avatar, so he could just like lay waste to the whole town if he wanted to. So it's like yeah. he's coming from a, of a place of security, <laughs> really. <laughs> I can't imagine it even occurs to him. He's such a sweetie. It's true. <laughs> I'm sure Soka's the one going, why don't you just murder? <laughs> it's obviously the answer. That guy has food. Just airbend that food over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The equivalent of the, the long-range straw that you jam into someone's soda can across the room. And just go <laughs> the extendable fork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they do eventually find the young man, and they break into his house, I believe. <laughs> they just kind of force well, their got way a store. in. Everybody's got a store. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, and I believe that his mom is operating this store. And because... Uh, there's a protection racket going on. Yes. Uh, yes, we witness that uh, the... I, I think they're just like starting to get to know... Oh, that's what it is. They're like, there's the guy who air, who uh, we saw earthbending. And yeah. the son's, the mother's like, you fucking earthbent, you turd? And he's like, they're, they're, they're lying, mama. And they're like... <laughs> mama. <laughs> and they're like, l- literally not lying at all. We saw your son earthbending out in the woods. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's kind of... They just are curious, but it opens up this, it pulls apart this uh, this family drama, let mm. alone this local drama, like you were saying, the protection racket. Uh, because I think in the middle of their conversation, the firebender uh, like soldiers show up, and it's just a couple of them, uh, but they basically, they insinuate that... Uh, uh, if you don't pay us, it's like it's like the the classic mob, where mm-hmm. they show up and say protection money, and it's like protection from what? Oh, from me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it'd be a pity if this place burned down. Yeah, they do a little, fire little is like so hard to control. As he literally He's controls the only fire. firebender. <laughs> the, the firebenders are the only firebenders in town. So right. It's like who else is gonna firebend I, this place down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like I would 
not be able to just be like to bite my tongue. I would just be like, <laughs> "Are you saying you're so bad at firebending you can't control fire? That sucks for you. Like, <laughs> you just owned yourself, or at least created an opening, and yeah. it's so hard to say nothing." But so obviously, you're the one that's going to get beat up first, then, right. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. When, when the current administration finally just becomes the Nazi party, I'm going to be constantly being beat up. I'll show you lying in the the gutter. Um, and I got blood on your boot, <laughs> loser. Um, and we actually do see some. Uh, uh, we'll touch back on this in a second, but this is there is some 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 similarities between this situation that we're seeing in this town and like the early stages of. Like World War Two, pre World War Two Germany, uh, putting their you know iron boot down on like Poland and like creating the the ghettos and creating the laws by which people can play, um, and just the, how that affects people, how how that affects behavior. Uh, so we established that the young man's name is Haru, which made me laugh because that's the sound that uh, Nixon makes in Futurama. He goes Haru. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when the when the firebenders do first show up, he's like, "Oh shit, guys! Firebenders, act natural!" And the firebenders open the door, and they all like freeze frame, <laughs> like as if it's like act natural means still life. <laughs> so like, Ang is like in the middle of like pouring something into a barrel, and, like a. Well, he's leaning on it, right? He's oh, is leaning that what on it? It's like. Uh, the only it's it's freeze frame, but the only movement is him after the barrel lid falls in and he falls. His oh, arm yeah. gets stuck in there. <laughs> and Katara's like offering like berries to somebody. Like it's just very like there was action and it's frozen <laughs> as if that's natural in any way. <laughs> Pretty great. Um, and so I'm gonna chalk that up to Matt Hubbard right there. <laughs> um, chalk. Uh, and then we they they finally like say you know protection money and she's like I fucking already gave you protection money this month or whatever and he's like motherfucker I demand double because I happen to stop by it's it's insinuated that they overheard the phrase earthbending and so they're just swinging by and being like well we know we can't prove anything but we're gonna you know uh, prod you a bit <laughs> um, see I didn't get that I got. That um, the scare was they were talking about earthbending and then the Fire Nation shows up. But it turns out that they're just there for the protection. Ah, uh, I see. So it just does happen. They're, they're, they're used yeah. to that happening. I see. That's interesting. Um, and a completely valid read. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, the son Haru is basically like after the after the Fire uh, Nation soldiers leave, he's just like it really sucks too because I love to Earth Bend because it actually reminds me of my dad, who, um, or maybe maybe what, that's not quite established yet. What first they say is just like, well, why can't you fight him? And they're like, oh, because you get thrown in jail like my dad did. And mm. so <clears throat> I actually really liked this that like the plot really takes a while to unfold a little bit because they show up in town and we are focused on the mystery of who this young man is. And then it's then established that the young man is under uh, this sort of martial rule from the Fire Nation. 
And then it's established that, in fact, it's the father that's kind of stuck in the hearts and minds of this of the son and the mother. And so now that's what we're focused on is like the the, the what are we going to do about the dad and rescuing the dad? Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't immediately leap to that necessarily, but that's kind of in the back of their minds. In fact, they seem to just kind of be hanging out when uh, <laughs> Katara and Haru chat. And they kind of relate the fact that each of their uh, missing parents, Katara's deceased mother in her case, um, Haru's imprisoned father and his, are um, very important to them and a big part of them. And that like their tradition of bending actually kind of relates, connects emotionally the, the, the offspring to the parent. Um, so it sort of seems like... If there weren't a political gambit going on, these two would have a romance episode. <laughs> Did you get that vibe? Yeah, I think it's a vibe that I don't know whether they play that with every male character and Katara, <laughs> with the exception of her brother, That's so or funny. what. Because, right. you know, she's fallen, you know, she's had kind of emotions uh-huh. with Aang a little bit. Yep, yep. And, uh,. Didn't she have uh, emotions with some other? Uh, not I can't remember. Yet, not yet, but it's coming right up. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just like I don't know. I've, I've never been a young woman. <laughs> yeah, not not girl, yet, if you will. Right. So uh, I don't know if that's like a normal girl thing or not. Yeah, just to, I I know it's a normal boy thing just to fall in love with everything that crosses. Yeah, yeah, path. yeah. Right. <laughs> I have a crush on every girl. Um, yeah, no, I guess it depends, right? You know, she probably got a little attention starved from there being one other teenager in her village, and it was her <laughs> <Yeah>. brother. <laughs> I got one one uh, parishes to think of what would have happened if Aang hadn't come along. <laughs> There's no one else my age. Well, I guess you gotta make kids with your brother. I'm sorry, <laughs> the lineage has to continue. It um, works for the Regency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any, no, it, it, it didn't work for the Regency. Oh. <laughs> they all went insane. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. Who'd have thunk? Um, geneticists, we could have used you. <laughs> would have, they would have thunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so they have a little flirtation thing and he reveals like, man, sometimes I just earthbend cause it connects me to my, my papa. And she says, I feel the same way, but I have my little necklace and I think we've previously established this necklace of hers. Uh, and then comes the opposite of a funny episode is a, what I would call an incredibly <laughs> melodramatic moment where Maybe, maybe I missed this exactly how it was established, but basically, oh, oh, it's the, it's the rescue. It's the rescue mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, right. it's the rescue moment. So they're just they're like... sitting on the edge of the cliff. Yeah, they're on the edge of the cliff. the beautiful sunset. This close to just banging. Yup. <laughs> when uh, we hear another boom in the distance... Uh, uh, similar to the one that let us all to me, me, Taru. Uh, and this time, though, it's to go uh, rescue an old man, a miner, uh, trapped in uh, the mines that the Fire Nation is forcing the 
um, earth benders to to mine to help uh, fund their war essentially with coal. Mm-hmm. That was established by the mom, uh, and so Qatar is the one that's like, dude, he's trapped under a mudslide or, or whatever, an earth collapse, a cave collapse, and uh, you need to to earthbend. And at first he doesn't want to, but eventually he decides he has to. He, uh, he, she's she's very convincing this Katara, and uh, and so the he does a little thing with his hands, a cool little pose with his with his hands, and the uh, the rock slide. Like it's pretty cool. I thought it would just sort of float up into the air or like reverse fall up onto the sides of this little trough entrance to the to the the mine. But it like whips that back into the mine. Like it fires down into the darkness of the mine shaft, like a ghost vanishing or something. It was very dramatic. No regard to who else is in there. <laughs> there was only one miner, right? <laughs> Uh, he keeps Haru keeps very close uh, uh, view of the like the shifts and the schedule. So he yeah, he's, he keeps close tabs. Yeah, um, he has a there moment. literally is just one miner. There's like nobody else around this mine. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Which too. is suspect. The only way I can kind of put together that this miner would be in this rockfall slide is uh-huh. if it's a test. Oh, interesting. Like it's like they maybe you're right. Maybe they did overhear earth bend the word earth bending and then sent their little spy ah. to kind of. Oh, I like this. This tease out this earth bending from this kid, right? Just to, to test him and see if he would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in a way, that's I my see- fan theory. That's my. Uh, your fanon, <laughs> my fanon. Yes, <laughs> um, it's not a bad idea, and I like that layer to it. Um, you know, because they, he's such a fucking asshole later when he turns into kids. So Spoilers. that was the thing that I was going to mention was that that I thought that was an interesting statement about how um, oh totalitarianism can turn good people evil by mm-hmm. the state, you know, holding back any kind of. Uh, uh, rewards or pleasantries and being, you know, mean and then just occasionally being like, you know, hey, if you if you fucking blow the whistle on good people, we'll reward you. And yeah. so it turns the individuals against each other. You know, it's like apartheid yeah, or whatever. That works, too. I, just, I thought it was like an interesting, powerful thing. It was just like when he does eventually go like that's that's the there he is, officers. That's the man who <laughs> saved my life. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Take him away. <laughs> yeah, how dare I be alive? I was trying my damnedest to kill myself. <laughs> Maybe that's that the reason there's no other miners. That's an abandoned mine. And he's, he's just he's like trying to kill himself. I know the way to go out. <laughs> tap tap tap. <laughs> you would have worked if it hadn't been for your kids. So uh, this is all fine. What I was originally alluding to being melodramatic is when Katara is so sad that he gets taken away and we have this sequence of the mom with the, like on the cliff oh, yeah. and she turns in slow motion and you just see her, her face and with then the Frodo tear the Frodo tear and then Katara just in slow motion drops her pot of water and it <laughs> shatters it's too late so much yeah. pain you can tell that uh 
Maybe Matthew Hubbard overthought that a little bit. <laughs> or maybe Dave Filioni was like, you know, I have this scene in mind. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he Could knows. you write that in for me, please? <laughs> he wants, he wants uh, the, the opportunity to, to watercolor as many frames as possible. And so the way to do you that know, is... I really like The Godfather. <laughs> right. It's yeah. my favorite movie, so... <laughs> I'm going to need you to work that in. Since we can't fake... Momo's head in bed next to Aang when he wakes up and he screams. We can't have that illusion, so we're gonna do this. So, uh, Katara runs to her compatriots, Soka and Aang, and announces that uh, it's Haru. They turned him into the Fire Nation, which was a really confusing line. <laughs> I was imagining something crazy looking. But what she meant was he's been turned in, and he is now uh, taken away. Um, and so they realize they need to... I am the Fire Nation! <laughs> I'm an abomination! Kill me! Haru! Kaneda! <laughs> Akira! Uh, exactly. I was exactly imagining that abomination. <laughs> so they decide, they come up with this plan, because they realize they don't know where they took him, but they know that he's been taken away to prison. Uh, the... Uh, a prison with which you, the Watcher, are well uh, versed because the father is apparently there. So they decide. Oh, so Katara is like, I have a, I have a great idea. Like they're already ready to give up, basically. And <laughs> Katara is like, No, 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 we're going to push forward. I almost had a sexual encounter with this young man, <laughs> and um, she decides that she needs to get captured. And taken to jail because that's how they're going to track him. And then they come up come up with what I think Matt Hubbard's biggest addition <laughs> uh, uh, to this script because presumably there's multiple writers and Matt Hubbard was sort of mm-hmm. the main writer and so he gets the credit. But uh, <laughs> I think this next scene is all Matt Hubbard, which um, has the uh, they kind of they kind of explain it out beforehand a little unnecessarily, where <laughs> she's like, "I'm gonna be a, a earthbender," and Soka's like, "How are you gonna fake that?" And he's like, "Wait a minute, I think it's actually genius. There's these vents, and if Ang can shoot air through the vents, it'll lift the boulder, and it'll look <laughs> like you're earthbending." And I feel like we could have just watched it happen, and that would have been a totally yeah. satisfying, especially the way that this shot played out. Right. Like later on, it was just like, oh, that just that shot shows us exactly what happened. <laughs> right, right. It's like all in the same frame. Like you see Aang behind a rock, he puts the air down yep. there in the vent, the vent that pushes the rock yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we witnessed it. Like, you see it, it's all right in the same scene. I guess all that they they had to put that in there was why were there vents in the ground? And so he says they're mining vents. To, like get air into <laughs> yeah. the mine, I guess. So it kind of makes sense. I don't know. Yes, it but, also sets up the kind of jokey joke of Aang not paying attention. Right. So I think that's the the biggest. Like uh, um, earlier, it, it was established that uh, Aang would rather just let things happen. You talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He's trying to sell nuts for a hat. Yeah. So. He also is just like laissez-faire. I think is the <laughs> right. Term. That's his idea of how it should work, of how the economy should play out. He um, 
<laughs> he would rather just space out and let things happen because Soka's like, okay, my sister's about to go to jail. Can you please focus up? I'm explaining. I'm over explaining the plan to the audience. So the <laughs> least you can do is pay attention. <laughs> the least you can do. I guess the over explanation kind of plays to the fact that Aang isn't listening. So like, <laughs> yeah, right, it's, it's all a setup. So much, right? That, you know, the audience is even tired of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Aang is just like, uh, sorry, what? <laughs> because he actually says you're taking the fun out of it. So for him, it's like this joy of this action sequence or this this heist that they're going to get into. Um, so the soldiers are coming around the mountain when they come upon uh, Soka and Katara uh, fake fighting. Mm-hmm. And it's really bad acting. Yep. And uh, they get into a fake fight and then... Katara's like, that's it. And she goes into like a traditional anime sequence <laughs> where she like the background like zips by as like colored lines. <laughs> and she's like, earthbending powers or something. And earthbending stance, I think. And that's, oh, and then she points at the rock and nothing happens. And Soka's like, I said she's earthbending. And Aang's like, oh shit, right. And so he he puts the sh- shoots the air blast down. It goes to the vent. It lifts the rock up to reveal Momo. <laughs> reveal Momo just standing there in what I think is the 30 <laughs> rockiest moment of the whole thing when the guards are like, oh my god, that lemur is earthbending. <laughs> and for one split second, I'm like, oh god, is this episode going to take a crazy veer? Into like worshiping the lemur, <laughs> but thank God Soka also goes, "Oh fuck, this is going real bad, real fast." And so he improvs to go, "No, dumb dumbs, it's her. She's the Earthbender." He saves it, <laughs> and uh, now we are back. We're we're done with fun, guys. We're back to serious yeah, time. Fun is fun is over. <laughs> yeah, playtime has ended. Work time is just beginning. <laughs> As uh, Katara gets taken to jail, and now I missed how they were going to follow her. I know it was established that she had twelve hours. That's what Soka says. But how do they know where to find her? There's like a shot of the two of them watching her with their coolie hats on. Yeah, I think I missed that too. It was, it was kind of, I guess, whatever. The point is, somehow they keep tabs on where they are being taken, because it's what, via boat, right? My imagination kind of fills it in and says that they flew at a really high altitude and mm. followed them that There way. you go. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go with that. Fanon complete. <laughs> and um, so she uh, is brought to this oil derrick. I mean, it, it's... Not an oil derrick, but it looks exactly like an yeah, oil derrick. But it's an oil derrick. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a this big... Medic's coal derrick. Um, and there's a joke there with someone named Eric who's very cold, but I don't really think there's a way to come up with the joke. It's like, <laughs> I was thinking a cold derrick. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, Bo derrick. Bo nose. Oh my god, that's an old reference. I don't think anybody's going to get that. <laughs> well, first you went Bo Derek, which is a 1960s <laughs> reference, and then <laughs> Bo Johnson? Bo, yeah, I think it was sport, Sportsy, Sportsy McGee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bonus baseball. Which is a bonus. 90s reference, so I did football. bring it back into the 90s. When we uh, dipped into the god. 60s, yep. bring it back into the 90s. It was like a time travel with flash. 
and uh, and we're back in 2005 uh, when this episode was brand new on this and big metal structure out in the structure. ocean and uh, all the new uh, um, prisoners are all lined up as the warden voiced by none other than George Takei <laughs> and he comes out you don't even see him at first he's just like Hello, prisoners. <laughs> and you know, you know who it is. <laughs> it's George, and uh, it's our boy Takay. Might as well have said, "Oh my!" Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like it was this close to happening. Uh, and he introduces himself as a real prick of the litter. Mm-hmm. He is walking up and down and saying, "Like, come on, guys, I'm just a host and you're just a guest." Until somebody coughs, and then he's like. You fucking interrupted me, you asshole. Like, <laughs> like, knocks him back with fire or whatever. And he's like, in the box or whatever. Um, so then that's established him as the villain. So then they get thrown into prison, and uh, Katara very quickly finds Haru. And she, they're so excited to see each other. She um, says, Haru! Haru! <laughs> uh, when George Takei is being a dickhead, he says... You'll notice, by the way, Earthbenders, that you're an ocean away, you're miles away over water from any Earth. Uh, And this uh, coal rig is made of metal. And Mm -hmm. there ain't no Earthbending when it comes to metal. Is there, Dale? There isn't at this time. (laughs) Because it is not until later on that the... Famous earthbender Toph invents metal bending. Oh shit! And yeah. uh, I'm excited for us doing an episode about that episode. Yeah, me too. It's a little ways off, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Quite a ways. Off. It's basically two seasons away from right now. So <laughs> it's forty the, episodes you know, from where it's, we are. It's a bit. It's a bit. <laughs> but just the mention of Toph gets my. My, uh, whatever, excitement going? I don't know. Pom-poms a-bundling? A, a mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, George Takei also mentions that, uh, so there will not be any of your brutal, savage earthbending here. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a very interesting touch. So first of all, ties back into my whole... The Earthbenders are Jews to the Firebender <laughs> Nazi regime, but also it was like. Couldn't they be the Airbenders? <laughs> yeah, well. Because <laughs> there ain't no more the- left. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, they burned them all jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that just makes the Airbenders gypsies. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh. Or gays. So in the uh, airbending cul- or uh, firebending culture, it's apparently earthbending is considered, at least by some, because we don't really hear this again that I'm aware of. Uh, it's considered like savage, like it's it's or uh, dirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you're using the exact same like you know, superpower. It's just pointed at a different element and it's, but it's considered lowly or dirty yeah. or sub like only garbage people would move earth around, <laughs> but we're badasses Cause we will fire around. I mean, 
<laughs> I don't know. I can kind of see where your brain would go that way, but it's still it was very surprising to me. Um, cause like in our world, any of those powers is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's gonna blow your head off no matter what happens. It'd be like if like Mister Fantastic was like, "Ew, Miss Fantastic, you can turn invisible. Disgusting. What a disgusting. horrible power." Kill Ugh, her. I can see through you. Oh God. <laughs> Thus, the uh, Venture Brothers version of just her skin turns invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> I love the Venture Brothers. Um, and there's. Oh, okay. So we're back to the present of our <laughs> review. Wherein Katara meets Haru again. Haru introduces Katara to uh, Tiro. Uh, Tiro is voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who, Dale, what did you find out he'd done? Jeez, he has done too much. Yes, too much to name. Uh, This this list of just, like, the list of, of voices in Avatar The Last Airbender is long. (laughs) <laughs> Let alone in every other show that he's been in. Right, right. Uh, Great earlier, ones too, like Simpsons, Samurai Jack, Star Wars, Clone Wars. It just, it just keeps. Yeah, going. he was Jabba the Hutt in, in Clone Wars. Um, he was, I think, he was Joker in a Batman animated series from like 2011 or so. Um, if you know him from there, but I think that the thing that people might know him most from was. He was like Captain Bantu or something from Lilo and Stitch. So if you're a big fan of that movie, you might remember that, recognize that voice. Um, but I was thinking it was he like... He was Porco Rosso. Oh, what was he? I don't know. That's amazing, though. <laughs> that is amazing. That movie is fantastic. And when we're done with this, we're going to do every episode of... Or every uh, <laughs> Studio Ghibli film. movie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Kevin as Tiro and his son... They're really happy to see Katara, but um, Katara's like, "All right, what's the plan? Let's 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 break out." And he's just like, "Yeah, no, we're not. That's not a thing we're doing." Yeah, that's, and that's she, not a plan. <laughs> and she's like, "Are you nuts? There's a shit ton of you." And he's like, "The plan is to survive because this place is brutal. I've seen people like fucking go out this way, as we've already established. Like that's they did a good job establishing George Takei's warden as a fucking psychopath, mm-hmm. um, and and so you believe the." The father when he's for sure, just like for sure. Um, it's like not safe for cartoon stuff is going down. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't want to have to animate what happens to the people here <laughs> when you try to escape. Uh, and so Katara is having none of it because once again she's like all when it comes to uh, the downtrodden and making new friends in the forest. Um, she is, will let nothing stop her. So she takes this opportunity to get everyone's attention and she delivers what honestly is a pretty good speech. Yeah. Um, she says like, she like ties in the fact that there's water separating them from their home, uh, and metal all around them. She ties that into like being downtrodden and being like controlled by the firebenders. It's very like, it's very well spoken and you can see people's heads kind of turning and they're kind of getting attention. And just when you think, you know, the music is building up and just when you think there's going to be a revolution started by Katara, she finishes her speech 
and it's just silent. And in fact, we get, and I, I alluded to this earlier, the, the, the <laughs> evil dark twist on the pleasantness of previous episode, we get a single audience cough. <laughs> but it's a sadness cough. It is a sadness cough. <laughs> it's it's not a happy cough. <laughs> it punctuates the exact opposite point as what we got last episode. And I was like, chilled a little bit. I was like, <laughs> oh shit. For, for, for all the time we spent gassing on about how great the cough was, <laughs> it's exactly that heartbreaking in yes. this episode. Yes, it is like, ooh, rough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, still amazing still amazing yeah so I think that's when she. so she's defeated no one will do anything about it and she kind of is like all pissed and that's I think when um, the 12 hours is up the aforementioned thing so now yes night falls and in fact the establishing shot I don't remember this Dale starts at the um, lighthouse like the searchlights oh yeah yeah and it was beautiful. It was, it was great. so well drawn. Because what did they do? It's like they drew the like lenses of mm-hmm. the like tempered glass of the like yeah. lighthouse. Oh, what do they call that? Something ferrated. I'm sure Dale will remember. You can hear me think. <laughs> it's the sound of your brain. Fresnel lenses. Ooh. Named after Walter Fresnel. I don't know, I gotta... <laughs> uh, yeah, so they drew that very well to the point where Actually, it's like... it's Augustin Jean. The, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong time to sip my beer. <laughs> Almost wrecked the mic. Uh, Augustin Jean Fresnel uh, <laughs> invented it and then um, fucking Dave Filoni animated it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And so we witness these 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 beautifully rendered uh, lighthouse uh, panels, and then we pan down to um, Ang, Soka, Momo, Appa, um, all uh, arriving kind of discreetly, um, whispering. Your twelve yes. hours are up. Yes, exactly. Let's go. So. Soka is really kind of running the show. Um, it's it's an interesting dichotomy between Katara being like, "We're doing this, we're doing this," and Soka being like, "Okay, but within limits, we're doing this," you know. And this show called Avatar: The Last Airbender features <laughs> the most non-plot forwarding Avatar: The Last Airbender I've ever witnessed. Aang is just like, "What do you guys want to do?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's. It's it's great. Like I liked it. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, the dichotomy of the two. It's and why Aang. we're here. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why we love the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on that because it really is. I think. I think you're right. I think you've touched on something. That's a that's an ingredient in the show that's maybe a little um, non-discussed, a little under under appreciated. That the brother sister being sort of the the moon and sun, um, both passionate in opposite directions. Yeah. And uh, so Katara's like, so they, they do have a little bit of, a bit of a battle of wills. And the ever the peacemaker does kind of side with Katara because she's she makes a great point. Like, I can rescue the one dude we came for, but that's 
we need to do more than that. That doesn't fix the problem. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but obviously, like, Soka has a very good point that he's like, our main mission is for Aang to get to the North Pole to save the world. If Aang gets captured doing this stupid stunt, the world is back to where it was. So, um, in a way, Soka's longest view is better in some yeah, arguable way. Yeah, problem. Yeah, right. So, but whatever. Katara's passions get the better of her, and it's hard to argue. As she, he, she's just like, <laughs> no. And he's like, I hate when you get like this. <laughs> and um, so this same fight about much more banal things has played out many a time over <laughs> their childhoods <laughs> together. For um, sure. So they have to come up with a plan. And the first thing they have to do, though, is just get the hell out of the the view of the searchlights and the and the uh, uh, patrolling guards. And they do accept that the guards spot something. And we witness a little side story where the guards come before uh, the warden, voiced by our buddy Takei, and he's like, so what exactly did you see? And they kind of can't decide whether it's a air buffalo or an air bison. <laughs> And I, too, I'm just like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, sure. I, there's a difference, but I don't <laughs> care what it is. Like, tortoise or turtle, I don't give a shit. Like, Irish or Scottish, stop bothering me. It's basically the same. <laughs> and that's what the, one, of the, one of the guards says. It's like, does it, does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> we, saw, we saw this buffalo. It looks yeah. bison there's thing. So much, uh, there's so much... Uh, 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 hubris coming from the <laughs> warden that he instantly throws the one of the guard off into the water and uh, and he's like you know fucking let's mobilize and he's like yeah well, wake the been... captain of the guard let's go let's do this thing. something's up the other guard's like, uh, that was that was the gift of the guard. <laughs> I love that, like, the warden's vaguely aware of who has what rank. <laughs> um, so they're at least aware that something's up. He's like, some, you know, he's like, something's yeah. rotten on planet Wormulon or whatever he says. <laughs> and, and so then, uh, but then we witness, I think the next day is when they establish their plan, right? Um, they say, like, there's nothing they can do. Their powers are useless. They don't have any abilities. I thought they were going to hit on the idea that the prisoners outnumber the guards. And so you don't always need your superpowers. Sometimes just uh, a union is mm. enough to overthrow the, the bosses kind of thing. Um, that's not really the way they went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think maybe that was probably, like, the first draft of the story. Uh-huh. And then they were like, eh, we've got to make this a little more punchier. We're not right, writing right. a movie here. <laughs> right. Well, we're in a fantasy land. Let's go. Let's have fun. Let's <laughs> go fantastic. Uh, so Slow they... your roll, Matthew Hubbard. We're not <laughs> writing a movie here. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Shawshank, asshole. Um, and so they uh, they realize, they come up with a, with a plan that, in fact, coal is Earth. Okay. <laughs> Note to, I'm sitting here taking notes. Even if I weren't literally taking notes for a <laughs> podcast, I would have been at that point going, metal, not earth, coal, earth. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. Um, but I'll go along with it. Which I think is why they specifically have to kind of call it out. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, that's a very good point. So then they do this actual, this neat little visual trick. So earlier we talked about how they over-explained the plan, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. This time they very dynamically, visually explain the plan. And it's... It's almost like you're in a heist film where it's like this guy's going to go over here and he's going to do this. And then this guy's going to go over here and he's going to do this. And we're cutting to it and we're seeing it all Mm -hmm. (laughs) because once again, they're standing over a vent. So Mm -hmm. I guess it's like (laughs) this is the sequel to the original plan. This is Ocean's 12. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they're going to blast air, right? And Mm -hmm. blast air into the chamber that holds all of the coal because, oh, all of the machining that the prisoners are being forced to do is powered by coal. And the coal is hidden away in this chamber that they don't have necessarily great access to. Uh, Presumably they might, if they weren't so downtrodden, sort of have a... Mm -hmm. Their spirit wasn't broken. Yeah, they could probably sense it. My earthy sense is tingling kind of thing, but whatever. They, they, they can't quite. And so Aang has to focus it all to them. And the way they do it is closing all of the chambers, the escape shafts, Vents, right? yeah. Except one. And then he blasts air, and it rockets out into the into the open. Uh, it's like, you know how, like, how like the like idea of, like, a rocket ship is that there's pressure moving out in every direction, but you only open the one hole, and so mm. it shoots the rocket forward? It's that idea. So he closes all the chambers, all the vents, like you said, and the coal whips up in one direction, and that reveals the coal for right in front of the prisoners. And that's just as I think... Oh, it lands there, and Katara's like, go! Now is your time! Rise up! And it's fucking sadness cough again. (laughs) (laughs) And in comes uh, the fucking asshole to be like, ha 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 ha, basically. It's like, like, these people's spirits are broken. What did you expect? And thankfully, (laughs) it's actually a really convincing chain of events. Haru is new enough to the prison and young enough in general to still have a touch of that fighting spirit in him so that he whips Cole at uh, the warden. And when it cuts to, you know, you know, just as the warden's like, you foolish child, you thought you would win, but you lost. He, like, <laughs> gets hit in the face with, uh, you know. Well, he turns and walk away, and then he gets hit in the oh, back of the head. That, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So ev- just when you think all's lost, evidence mm-hmm. to the otherwise. And we cut to uh, Haru with the three coals spinning around above his hand, just as when he was first about to fuck Katara um, <laughs> in her mouth. On the um, mountainside, yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. When they were uh, just on the side of some mounting. Um, <laughs> Yes. He he's talking about his <laughs> his father and he has stones uh, spinning around in place you know, above his palm. So it's kind of a that kind of like Ben Wapos, you know, just <laughs> if you will and I will and I hope you do. Uh, it's it's sort of like a callback that that gesture that symbol is the the love of father and passion against the enemy kind of thing. So th- then that triggers once again. Like I said, it's, it's convincingly realistic. The like the, the how this plays out, the sequence of events. Because in response to that, 
the guards are all like, fuck you, motherfucker, don't hit the warden. So they all start shooting fire. Well, y- you don't harm a son without the father getting in the way. Mm-hmm. So now the father uses earthbending to whip up this big shield of coal, and that blocks, that saves Haru. Mm-hmm. I like how they kind of made the coal glow red a little bit. Yeah, the, right. It falls heads. to the ground, and there's a wide shot, and you see the giant pile of coal, and this one section is like small fire going. So the interaction of earth and fire using coal, so cool. So good. And let alone that, that, that overall idea of like when firebenders imprison earthbenders and they meet alone on the ocean, it's going to be over coal. This like thing that's kind of both of them. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat stuff. So, a fight scene breaks out. <laughs> and <laughs> fight! <laughs> Foo fight! And uh, fools are whipping coal at uh, firebenders. Finally, that initial theme of there's more prisoners than guards comes to play. And uh, they're knocking down guards left and right. The guards are fighting back as best they can, but they're outnumbered. Um, the coal, the, the earthbenders using coal as, as shields um, to protect themselves. It's all very clever. Like these people that were afraid to use their powers, it's really coming out in a big way now, um, using it very dynamically. And um, oh, there, and then there's one moment where they like form. It was really cool. They like form a giant coal like sphere and like earthbend a. Uh, a compressed, you know, like mm-hmm. coal yeah, ball. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty cool. And they whip it at the wall and like destroy a, put a hole in the wall. I don't really mm-hmm. know. What, and there's a moment where like the guards all have, they're armed. Obviously, they all have these like spears. And as they're fighting, the spears are like cracking in half and like flying into the air. And we, and in comes Momo of all people <laughs> to like capture all the spears. And I wrote. Momo was useful in my notes <laughs> <laughs> because so far he's been nothing but. Well, um, Soka goes in and his like he goes oh, against the yeah. first guy with the spear. He grabs the spear and uses his um, like boomerang boomerang to to break the spear. Yeah, he throws it up in the air. And Where Momo's sailing Momo above. sweeps in and catches it, and then you, from there on, instead of animating Soka fighting oh. more, you just see all these spearheads pop oh, up into yeah. the air and Momo catches them. That's a really good point, that they're suggesting Soka being very yeah. busy and helpful in this battle. But they're just showing it from Momo capturing. That's actually really economic. That's really smart. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. that I never would have thought about it that way if you hadn't pointed <laughs> that out. I was just like, oh, fighting results in spears flying <laughs> up. His spears just fly up. That's what happens. <laughs> Who knows that? They get broken and the tips fly up. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you have a lemur to sail mm-hmm. above and capture mm-hmm. it. That's, that's how battles work. <laughs> then they make a nest and it gets cut and... <laughs> oh no, my baby. <laughs> my babies. Um... And there's a final moment where they they kind of encircle and force all the guards onto a big sort of little island, a big little island of coal, <laughs> and the coal floats out over the ocean off the edge of the uh, of the platform, and uh, the final little moment of despair from from uh, Mr. Sulu, he says uh, like, <laughs> "Please, I don't know how to swim," and then. <laughs> Offensive. And <laughs> it's like a good impression until that moment. I don't know. Yeah, what I don't. It wasn't even an impression. 
<laughs> Don't worry about it. He's like, my wife. And then, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so then the uh, coal disperses and they fall into the water, uh, presumably drowning mm-hmm. the warden. But it's okay because um, Taitutetote says, oh, I hear cowards float. Ah, yes, right. The dad says that. Yes. What? I have his name. Oh, Tiro. Tiro. Tiro says cowards float, which is kind of a, it's a tri- in the moment triumphant like response, but it's kind of a terrible line. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I hear cowards float. I don't think that. I don't think. Oh, have you heard that? That's. <laughs> I don't. I've never heard that. I have never heard that. Oh, Dad, when he was young, the school system was fairly poor. Uh, So you'll have to Oh, they're earthbenders. No, Uh. earthbenders aren't very smart. (laughs) 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 So they... uh, To reunite the family, do we get a final shot of the mom being happy or anything? I don't recall. There must be, though. Just, that's, what, yeah. that's a beat I don't think I would leave out if I was an animator or writer. <laughs> but as, a, as an audience member, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not key. Uh, and they uh, say, oh, you know what the final thing is? that That's what it is. They don't because they fly off. And he's like, thanks, uh, Katara. Oh, you yeah, reunited like, me with my yeah, father. That's true. And sh- he's like, if only there was a way to reunite you with your mother, which is an awkward fucking thing to say because, yeah, she's dead, dumb-dumb. <laughs> I got my dad back. Did you get your mom? No, she's and, dead. <laughs> but at least you have, she goes, at least I have my necklace. Oh, no. Oh, God, my necklace. Where's my necklace? It's too late. They're zooming away on, um, on uh, Appa. And we cut back to the necklace in tatters. Somehow, apparently, during the fight, it fell to the ground. And a hand grabs it. Well, that doesn't make sense. All the air, the firebenders were knocked into the water and can or cannot swim. It's unclear. When we pull back to reveal the missing character this whole time, mm-hmm. Prince the last two episodes. Zuko is finally back. Yeah, exactly. From two episodes missing. And so he has been hot on their tail. It's pretty. It's actually a really cool reveal because yeah. what it suggests is he's been moments behind them this whole time. But he's back. He's back, baby. And uh, he's. It's not even that he's dangerously closer or has an important thing that could harm them. It's just that like intimacy of this like connection between mother and daughter of Katara is now in the hands of this mm-hmm. viperous villain. You know, so pretty good. cool. Pretty cool assaulting kind of moment. It is. I like that. Subtle. Yeah. Um, so overall, did you like the episode? Overall, I did like the episode. I, I remembered initially, I remembered, um, I was thinking, like, is this an episode I enjoyed or not? I don't know. Um, mm. And I was kind of a little pessimistic going into it. I'm like, oh, no, is this the one of the going through the desert episodes? <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I, watching through it, I'm like, no, 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 it's just a solid episode. It's not a great episode, but it's like it, any other cartoon, it would be a great episode. It's just a solid episode in this mm-hmm. series. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, there's so much that happens. It's got a great plot that unfolds the themes of just like the, the you know, being in touch with your 
uh, uh, with your power and your people and getting like pushed away from totalitarian governments and all that stuff. That's that's great, great stuff. But you're right in in the last Airbender, it's just like that was a, that was totally a good episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like B. Yeah, yeah, B. B's a good trade. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> Why are you hitting yeah. your head on the table? <laughs> we worked so hard. It would have maybe been a little stronger if you hadn't had um, watercolor dropping the pot and single Frodo yeah, to him, mom yeah. turn. A bit much. That but was it, a bit much for that moment. I guess it's a lot they're trying to get across in a short, as visually quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um we it would be it would be death on Nickelodeon to show like a grown woman weeping <laughs> for any <laughs> amount of time. So if we can just do a single Frodo tear. Um I this week in uh Soka is actually Fots Jesse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um when there's a great moment that I thought was actually kind of cartoony and lame at first, but it built and I really enjoyed it as it built when they're faking the fight in front of the guards to get Katara imprisoned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they they have to pretend to be fighting. And so she just starts going after the size of Ahsoka's ears. <laughs> and she just like, at first it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. But then she's just like, elephants gather around and joke about how large your ears are. I was like, that's pretty good insult. That's, <laughs> what a, what an image. <laughs> this group of elephants pointing and snickering at Ahsoka's large story. ears. Yeah. And then, so then she gets captured just according to plan, and she gives this, like, look back as, like, she's, like, the plan's in action, fellas. And it cuts to a wide shot of, of Aang and, and Soka and, and Momo just kind of being like, fuck, did we make the wrong decision? I hope this worked. <laughs> when Soka goes, Momo, your ears are really big. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... The whole thing was for a skit, but he still felt really harmed by it. So he had to punch down to make himself feel better again. It was so good. It's like how wounded and like the bully at school who's bullied by the bigger bully. <laughs> to this this animal that doesn't know what noises mean. Yeah, like he's just he hanging out. What's going on? <laughs> um and this week in uh, Looney Tunes mm-hmm. was uh, we're, we're we're glad to have it back because it was the last episode was so wacky it was like name one thing it, right? it's true you can't just name one thing <laughs> um, but uh, this week I thought it was pretty standout when um, they're like yeah sure you guys can stay in the barn and and Ken Ang's like yeah go go ahead uh, Appa go ahead and chill out in the in the barn there's there's uh, hay in there but don't eat it all ha 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 as if that would be a problem and we got to Appa just like standing there going it's <laughs> like giant like a huge amount of hay sticking out and he freezes <laughs> he looks back and then he goes into super fast munching <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the the scene could have cut at him just freezing and staring that mm-hmm. was already funny to me but then the like fast munching because like <laughs> <laughs> super funny it love is it super funny <clears throat> so trivia had... i've got some trivia for this one. Ooh, give me that trivs uh, yo a couple pieces um couple this is the first episode in which all four elements are bent um oh, outside of the credits this is the this is 
the first one where you have air. Yeah, fire. because he shoots the shit out of the the, the vent. Mm-hmm. Fire, fire, because obviously the they. Yep, there's fire. There's Earth, fighting. because those are the prisoners, and water, because Katara. Katara, and she's only doing it in one moment. I think when she fills up the pot, she ends up dropping. Mm-hmm. There's this little moment well, where she's she also bags. use it when she's fighting as well. I don't know if they showed that. I think it may be just inferred. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember them showing it, but they must have. That's really cool. I never thought about that. That's wild. Go, show, go. uh, One is this. This second trivia is tangentially related. uh, Love it. George Takai, or Uh Takai, suffered the uh, kind of same fate as some of the Earthbenders in real life. When he was sent to a prisoner camp in Arkansas and then California. Oh, shit. Because in World Japanese War II, the Americans were fucking assholes and yep. gathered up Japanese Americans into internment camps. That's right. Yeah. They're probably against us, even though they're citizens. Yeah. They so said. stupid. <laughs> and and they're treated rapists them and murderers. Horribly. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's tragically replaying now. And uh, all the retweeting in the world doesn't seem to be changing things. Nope. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm trying. It's, it's not doing much. Am I making a difference yet? <laughs> I'm standing over my phone, touching it, looking around, an empty parking lot. Um, yeah, that's goddamn tragic, and it's goddamn tragic that we had every warning sign in the world and still fell ass backward into it. Uh, but I wonder if George Takei was like, <laughs> shoes on the other foot now, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I feel like the, the having the Earthbenders uh, rounded up and put into this prison is kind of helped sell getting George on board with it. You're probably right. Like kind yeah. of showing how awful that is. Right, yeah, we're clearly have like uh, we're making a theoretical political change here by teaching these youngsters. Here we are in 2005 making this. Who knows? By 2018, we might have stopped this from ever happening again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Teach that younger generation how to be empathetic towards their fellow man. And yeah, oh, yeah. No. Who cares if they're from a different nation? They're still people. Who rough. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my Jesus. <sighs> um, yeah. Who I think would be just as evolved. Anyway. <laughs> Point being, this episode was great. It's great. It's good episode, fellas. Uh, and with that uh, deep <laughs> depression, uh-huh. sorry, <laughs> we must climb back on the Appa and sail on to another episode of On Air Bender. Thanks for. Oh, we need to fucking give all the information out. Oh yeah, do that. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, go yep, yep. to onairbender dot com. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you get that? Yep, yep. On over to onairbender dot. Uh, did I get that? I don't know. Did I? <laughs> you can hear me thinking. Onairbender.com doesn't go anywhere. I have it though. 
Yeah! By the time people are listening, it will go somewhere. Yay, maybe. So go to honorbender.com, maybe, and you'll see our shits. And then um, email us, onairbender at gmail.com. And we're always on Twitter kicking around wacky ideas and statements, I'd imagine, <laughs> with <laughs> at on Airbender. We tried to get a- at LA, ATLA, did not work out. <laughs> um, and so with all that information, listeners, thank you for coming along with us on this adventure. Uh, next week, we'll have a brand new adventure with the next episode of On Airbender. And with that, let us quote... Ang's famous catchphrase to sail off into the sunset. Yip yap, dear listeners. Yip yip.